Issues that matter to you. Expanded on the KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour. Happening today, John Kevin Stitt has now been governor of Oklahoma for 100 days. And as has become tradition in American politics and in journalism, we're going to use that 100-day benchmark to go in-depth on Governor Stitt's accomplishments since taking office on January 14th of this year. Governor Stitt, welcome back to the KRMG Morning News. Well, thank you so much. Such an honor to uh, be back with you, and it's certainly an honor to be serving uh, the great state of Oklahoma as their governor. Earlier this month, you signed a slew of bills passed by the legislature. First one you signed in that pile of bills was the one giving Oklahomans the right to carry firearms without a state permit or without mandatory training, the constitutional carry or permitless carry bill. But while that was the first one to get signed, I'm betting the one that you view as the most important is the one you signed that gives you as governor the authority to hire, fire, and set the salary of directors of five large state agencies. We'll say what those agencies are. Department of Corrections, Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, the Health Care Authority, and the Office of Juvenile Affairs. That bill makes you the most powerful governor in the history of the state of Oklahoma, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I guess so. I've seen it. people uh, characterize it that way. But, you know, what I tell Oklahomans, uh, if we're hiring a new football coach, you obviously would give that football coach the ability to hire their own offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coach. And then certainly would have those uh, coordinators reporting up to the head coach. And that's what I told Oklahomans and the legislature when I got there, is we've got to be able to run the agencies. We've got to have the right accountability. And so I was so excited to work with the House, the Senate, get that signed uh, about three weeks ago now or maybe a month ago. Uh, and it's just a, it's a huge game changer for Oklahoma because I believe we all want the same things. We all want the best education for our kids. We want the best health care. We want the best roads and bridges. This bill will allow me to deliver services better, more effectively for Oklahomans. And to weed out corruption and mismanagement if you find it, right? A hundred percent. Because what was happening, here's what I told Oklahomans, is these agency heads were a fourth fourth branch of government. They were hiring their own lobbyists, which I put what I which I put a stop to. They were holding their own press conferences. They were spinning everybody in a circle. They weren't reporting to the legislature. They certainly weren't reporting to the governor's office. It is a game changer. It's going to change the way that we deliver services for Oklahomans and and uh, you know other states. When I talked to other governors, they couldn't believe mm-hmm. that I didn't have the authority to run the largest state agencies. And it just didn't make sense, and I'm so happy that uh, the legislature agreed with me and we got that thing signed. Of course, the next time a Democrat's elected governor of the state of Oklahoma, they'll have the same powers. You're okay with that? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I mean, listen, I, I've met with all the former governors. Um, you know, there's too much partisanship. These governors, uh, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, they've all sent me, hey, Governor Stitt, you're our governor now. We want to make sure that you're successful. Here's 12 things that I did as governor that uh, helped. Uh, governor Walters sent me a great list. Uh, so people think that they're, they're also trying to move the needle. They're trying to run these agencies. And so I don't buy the fact that if it's a Republican governor or Democrat governor, that they're not trying to do what's best for our state. We might disagree with some of the policies, uh, but but delivering services and making sure that the dollars get on target, nobody wants to waste resources, waste money. And so I'm excited that uh, that it's done for myself and for future governors. As I said, the, the constitutional carry bill was the first one you signed. Is there a symbolic statement you were making the importance of that bill by signing it first? 
You know, not not really. It just kind of happened that way okay. that it came to my desk first. What was important to me and what I, I told the legislatures, we need to make sure that business owners have the same rights. So the NBA and, and certain business owners have the rights to say you can't carry on our property. But yet, as a Second Amendment supporter and a, and a person that believes in our Second Amendment rights, um, I was excited to sign that. I think it's a, it's a make-sense piece of legislation. Uh, it is already uh, law in 15 other states. I remind people that in Bernie Sanders' Vermont, mm-hmm. they have the exact same legislation. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we were already reciprocating with other states when these gun owners were coming to our state. And so I wanted to give Oklahoma citizens that same right. Of the 14 Senate bills and 22 House bills you signed on April 12th, one of them's going to make getting from point to point in Oklahoma quicker, and that's a bill allowing speed limits on the turnpikes to be up to 80 miles an hour. Sure. Now we have a governor that lives in Jinx. You want to shorten your trip to Oklahoma City, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, they've done a great job, our Department of uh, Transportation, our Turnpike Authority. We've we've got that great widening there between uh, Tulsa and, uh, I think, Bristow exit. Like to send, cons- uh, like that to continue all the way down to Oklahoma City. Uh, but uh, 80 miles an hour, most people were traveling that anyway, and I wanted to uh, increase that. And one of the things, you know, Dan's joking right there, but you sold the state airplanes, you know, so you have to drive some places, yeah. but you got immediate response from that. And you, one of the things you told Russell and I the night that you, the Pence was here and the night that you and I talked about when you got elected was, first of all, that accountability thing, which I know you're working on. We'll get to that in a second. Secondly, it was things like that. It was saving money. There's $2 million or so on those planes. Where else have you found well, it's been it's been ton, tons of things, but yeah, we signed that executive order uh, because I and I love aviation, but I was going to look at the facts, and we only flew the governor only flew the state airplane sixty seven hours last year. We were training about five pilots, the maintenance cost, all that. It it, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. We need you need to be flying two to three hundred hours a year to own your own aircraft. Otherwise, it's much better to lease. So that's why I did that. Um, but you know, the other, other types of stories, you know, I went and visited, uh, the department of transportation. Here's another example and went through it, saw the agency, they showed me their new project and they had, um, they, they had these two trucks called go dot trucks, G O D O T. Okay. And there were two dually vehicles painted with all the lights. And I said, what are they for? And then they said, well, it's kind of motorist assist. They had, uh, they, you know, they would change flat tires. They would tow people off the side of the road, fill up, um, fill up gasoline if people ran out of gas. And great idea, but I told them to kill that program. And here's why. Because I said, that doesn't get me top 10 in my roads and bridges. And I want to be top 10 in roads and bridges. And the, the executive director, because I had authority to kind of make decisions there, they thanked me for that because they go, well, we were about to order new trucks for this city and this city. And here's the problem I want Oklahomans to know is that uh, if I don't shut some of those projects down, this mission creep, then 20 years from now, that'll be spun out at a whole new agency called Motorist Assist. It's starting to compete with AAA. And if if Oklahoma City and Tulsa have trucks, then Duncan and Enid and Woodward and Guyman and everybody else, and, and it'll be a $50 million state agency. That's what, that's what I can do by going in and making sure I define what success looks like put metrics in place, and hold them accountable to deliver results. We don't have any different issues than they have in any other state, and that's what I'm holding those agencies accountable to deliver better services. Is there a state agency that you can hold up to the others and say this is an example of a state agency that's run efficiently and with the taxpayers in mind? 
Well, there, there's going to be uh, hopefully uh, hopefully all of them. Um, I mean, have you identified one right now that you think's doing a pretty good job? Well, I, I haven't had it. I haven't had a chance to uh, to dig in uh, all, all the way down. So okay. I, I wouldn't name one of them. But one thing that we're doing differently is is I have these. I have my cabinet now in place, and all the agencies report up to my cabinet secretary. So that's how it's supposed to be. And every cabinet secretary has about 15 to sometimes 40 agencies that report to them. The simple stuff by my secretaries, are, I've, they've already gone and met with every one of their agencies. It's the first time that agencies have met with their secretaries. First time. It's amazing. So literally, my agencies have actually started to define what success. We're making them put together their four-year plan, their one-year plan, their quarterly goals, and and talking and starting to explain to our secretary that then flows up to me on how we're going to become top ten in this in this uh, in this agency, and you know, that's what we're doing. I got to ask. I mean, it just it sounds very much like it's probably what you've done in your mortgage company and the way you know we always equate can you run a state like a business this sounds like a business is this model somewhat after you, what you did absolutely i mean the count the accountability the uh, uh the hiring the right people putting the right processes in place those are all business principles right the outcome once you figure out what you're trying to do we're trying to be top 10 in pavement conditions top 10 in in, in roads top 10 in bridges okay so if that's the goal then these all these mission creeps, all these small little projects, you're trying to di- you're trying to help that agency identify what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, healthcare authority. There's seven thousand employees in the healthcare authority. Okay, seven thousand employees. That's five point five billion. The legislature gave me the authority to now oversee that agency, and that's what I'm doing. I'm actually digging in to figure out how I can get more dollars into my nursing homes, into my rural hospitals, into the providers' hands. That's what we're for. We're not there to, you know, for these seven thousand employees. We're there to actually get those dollars into our health system. And so that's kind of just a different way to approach it. Do you, do you see that accountability piece as your biggest accomplishment so far? You know, uh, the executive orders, you know, kind of stopping the lobbyist was a huge one because the agencies were hiring lobbyists. That's huge. The executive orders is huge. Uh, you know, I've transformed the way that we, we do the budgeting process. So I've already talked to, um, I've already talked to, in other words, I, I'm talking total dollars. Normally the governor's just talked about the appropriated dollars, but what I want um, Oklahomans to know 40% of the dollars that are spent throughout these agencies come from federal dollars. So I'm teaching the legislature kind of new vocabulary. We're talking total dollars, not just uh, what's appropriated, okay, but also what's federal dollars. There's fees that come through there. So we've re- reimagined that. Uh, I've already got $5 million to the Quick Action Closing Fund, so we can actually create, you know, put uh, throw gas on economic development and commerce. Just to give you an idea how big that was, in the whole existence of the governor's closing fund, total was only $11 million. I've already got $5 million in there as a special supplemental. So that give was me an example of how that would be used. So in other words, if uh, let's say we're working right now on a, on a big aerospace company to move to Oklahoma City, uh, 300 jobs, we think it'll grow to 1,000. Uh, we're competing against uh, the, a couple other states. So then we have to kind of put our best foot forward and say, uh, if you're really going to move this, we're going to help you with uh, whether it's a, a tax credit or it's a governor's closing fund for moving cost. 
because we look at the the revenue potential and the tax base and the in the and the jobs that are going to be created and we have a very commerce has a great formula there and if it's t- if it's uh, revenue neutral then we're going to help get those jobs here because if you get if i get a thousand five hundred new jobs here then that that's going to help our bankers that's going to help our state farm agents that's going to help our bicycle shops our restaurants that dollar will spend seven times and so uh, we have some ability to uh, match some of the other states and, and and help bring commerce here you're listening to a krmg morning news 8 a.m in-depth hour our special guest oklahoma governor kevin stitt on his 100th day in office we tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes, minutes. all day now back to the krmg morning news 8 a.m in-depth hour on news 1023 krmg hi isaac Wasso. i just wanted to say that kevin stitt has done an amazing job so far uh, these have been a great 100 days, and uh, I'm really looking forward to what he's going to be able to do with his time. It's starting to look like that's the best way to go, putting businessmen in office, leaving politicians up to dry. Hey, this is Nick from Broken Arrow. I just want to say it's refreshing to hear Governor Stitt up there having so much accomplished in the first 100 days and still looking forward to a greater Oklahoma. It's the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. Our guest in studio is Governor Kevin Stitt as we mark 100 days of his administration. Talked about some of the accomplishments and a lot of the bills that have already been signed. And, of course, if you missed any part of this show, you can listen later today on demand on the KRMG app or at krmg.com. We also have video posted. We are, and you're going to be able to see it on Facebook and on YouTube, something we're going to start doing an awful lot more of, and you'll be able to search and find it there. What do you see as the biggest piece of work yet to be done that you haven't really even gotten to start? You know, one thing that I'm, I'm uh, really focused on is criminal justice reform. And so we, we've got to finish that up. I've got to make sure uh, that happens before the end of the session here. So I'm really pushing for $10 million in diversion-type programs, uh, sentencing reform, uh, re, um, redoing the parole system. I, I had three appointees on the parole board. So, uh, I wanted to make sure that we get folks, um, I, I'm looking at a retro 780 so we can take all of the, um, uh, you know, Oklahomans passed, we passed, uh, uh, you know, making felony drug offenses, misdemeanors. So now I want to retro that. I want to take the people that are in prison for those co- crimes that would be considered a misdemeanor. And I want to get them out via the parole system. So I'm, I'm really reimagining, putting a lot of uh, focus on that. I'm the first governor that put a chief operating officer on my cabinet. Now seven other states have done that. Hmm. Um, so, you know, because I have to have somebody that's very process-oriented, uh, you know, running the agencies. I'm the first governor that's put a digital transformation person on my cabinet. So I'm focused on bringing uh, digital transformation technology to the way we run state government as well. It's always going to change, too, isn't it? It's always going to evolve. I'm trying to get the legislature to also think, uh, you know, next year and the year after. And that's part of my savings plan. So when I think about the budget, historically, however much uh, extra revenue they have this year, uh, the legislature will just spend it. They'll just spend it on whatever. Well, what you're doing is you're raising the watermark. You're raising the uh, expense appropriation numbers up to a level that nobody ever wants to go backwards. So I'm looking ahead next year and figuring out exactly where the revenue is going to come in and saying, guys, we cannot increase it. We have to save $200 million. And so that's a big focus of mine. When I got there, we only had $400 million in savings. 
at the end of next year, if we do what I, what, what I, what I want, we should have 1.1 billion in savings. It's a huge deal. My goal at the end of four years is to have 2 billion in savings. If we have a $2 billion savings account, we will not, we will never have to cut core services again. Uh, so in the good times, you can't spend uh, all of your revenue. Okay, that'd be silly. Mm-hmm. And so those are those are some things that I'm looking forward to making sure we're thinking outside of just this one session. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, one of the things you've done is you you mentioned your COO and you hire a guy from Sonic. That's a smart move, right? But also you hired guys like Sean Copeland to to be in commerce, and I know that Sean and people like that are working endlessly. What kind of energy has that business acumen, if you will, brought? You know, uh, great point. You know, Sean Copeland's fantastic business guy. I think 10 out of my 15 cabinet secretaries are all business people. Uh, the guy that's running uh, my secretary of health is Jerome Lockridge. Uh, he's a Duncan uh, kid, grew up in Duncan, went to Baylor, went to Harvard. Uh, so super sharp oil and gas guy. Because really, the, the, the normal playbook is to hire uh, subject matter experts to run these different things. But in just healthcare, there's 78 agencies that report to healthcare and thousands and thousands of employees, about $8 billion worth of total money. I have to have business people that understand process, understand what are we trying to accomplish because uh, it's leadership, it's setting goals, it's holding people accountable, it's process. There are so many smart uh, people there that are the subject matter experts, but I have to also have people that understand business and how to actually deliver results. So speaking of revenue, um, we've got several million in our state coffers now from the uh, uh, legalization of the use of medical marijuana. Um, I think just in February, what we have two million in state revenue, twelve million in total sales, something like that. Um, where's that money going, and and how do you envision it being used? Well, first off, it's going to go through the uh, through the legislature to be appropriated to different agencies, and so. Uh, uh, I think there's uh, when when they rolled it out, you pay a hundred dollars for a card. I think there's about thirty five thousand cards now yeah. uh, that have been that have been issued, um, and so you know we've got to make sure that people that are, that need that help and, and the voters voted uh, said, hey, if you need med- if you need um, uh, medicine and, and marijuana is going to help you, we need to make sure that's available. But we also have to make sure that businesses have safe working environments. We've got to make sure that they know how they uh, can. Uh, address that, that, that if there have forklift operators, if you're driving trucks. Uh, so that was the, the important thing on, on that legislation and, side. And is make so sure you we signed protect. another bill, the so-called unity bill, that the, has some of those provisions in That's it, right? correct. Because the business owners were, were telling me, we've got to make sure that we have safe working environments. We get the fact that somebody needs medicine, but it doesn't mean that we can allow public safety and we've got trucks on the road. And so we really had to get some clarity because the original bill that was ran through the, through the people yeah. uh, didn't really address some of those other needs. And so that, that was the purpose of the unity bill that I signed. Think it's going okay so far? I do, yeah. yeah. Governor Kevin Stitt will continue with us in just a moment. Our top story on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter happening now. It's the KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour. Rick Corey and me with Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt on the governor's 100th day in office. We spoke with the governor about 10 days ago, and he sounds like he's enjoying the job so far. People ask me, what's the biggest surprise? And, and I tell them how much fun I'm having. And uh, it's so cool to, hmm. to get a new job and, and to really 
really be enjoying it because I am bringing a different environment and different atmosphere to the Capitol. Uh, I, I meet, I've met with all the, the other thing is I've met with every single house and Senate member for breakfast, the Democrats, Republicans, Democrats have normally never been invited over to the governor's mansion. I'm meeting with them. I meet with leadership every Tuesday morning for breakfast. And this is something I, I kind of laugh at and, and, and tell the, tell the house of Senate members. I said, listen, guys, I said, my friends back in Tulsa, I said, we were never involved in politics. We don't really know what the difference is between the house, the Senate. So, so get over yourself because sometimes they want, they want to make sure that the Senate gets a win. And if the governor gets something, what's the house get, what's the Senate get, they want to split everything a third, a third, a third. And I'm like, guys, the people in Tulsa, the people I met in Guyman and Enid and Lawton, they're just taking their kids to piano lessons and soccer practice. They just know where they're elected officials. Let's go move the needle. We're all Oklahomans here. We don't have to play, you know, Washington, D.C. politics. Let's just move the needle. And that's the message I have for the Democrats. That's what I'm, the message I have to them. Because sometimes inside that Capitol, it gets so petty. It gets so, well, you, didn't, you killed my bill, so I'm going to kill all your bills. And uh, no, no, no. It's about good government. And here's what we're doing to service the people of Oklahoma. And uh, that's kind of the, I try to bring them back down to reality a little bit. And, and, and it seems to be great. And they laugh at me. And uh, For a guy who grew up in Norman <laughs> and went to OSU, bipartisanship's kind of in your wheelhouse, isn't <laughs> That's it? right. That's and now right. lives in the Tulsa area. And now lives in the Tulsa area. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? You know, but when, when, you, when you talk about that, that's easy to laugh about, not always easy to do. But you've had some good help with that. I know G.T. Bynum has said many times how much he appreciates your partnership. Are you getting that from mayors around, this, around the, the state? And, of course, we're very happy with the direction Tulsa's moving. Absolutely. I had, I had lunch with uh, GT just the other day and, uh, um, you know, I spoke to the municipal league, which is the whole group of mayors. And, and I basically talked about uh, the support I have for the mayors, the local control, the ability for them to be able to, uh, um, you know, run their, run their cities the way they want to, um, you know, giving them more flexibility. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help the mayors as much as I can, but yeah, we're just, we're feeling, uh, economic development, uh, it's it's a it's a local local uh, type uh, solution. And you know, Dan, I, t- I told you about that. He and GT just popped into White River. Yeah, I was right? going to say White River. Uh, I'm sure the crowd there was excited to see uh, the governor and the mayor. Just yeah, but the problem, saunter in. Problem was, I asked. I so I asked GT. I said, okay, what's really important is what you guys eat. <laughs> and GT remembered what he had, but not what you had. So what'd you have? Yeah, you know, GT's on some diet, so he had like a salmon salad, and uh, and I think I got the. Uh, a fried fish platter or something. All right, see there, see there, Mr. Mayor? He remembers. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Man. How's the family adjusting to all this? You know, they're, they're all doing great. My, my daughter's a senior, and, and uh, so we're still in Tulsa. For them, it's right. pretty normal. They're still in Tulsa. I'm commuting back and forth, and we're planning on moving, moving to Oklahoma City uh, sometime this summer and, uh, and, then, and then get the kids in school next year. And you personally, I mean, Rick already touched on, do you ever feel like you're, you're in too far? I know you, you're – a man of supreme confidence, but have there been stressful times? Well, uh, sure, there there have been, and, and and I tell people, let's never take ourselves too seriously. Let's take what we do seriously, but but let's not take ourselves seriously. So I ask a lot of questions. I don't walk in and act like I know everything. I surround myself with the smartest people, um, and uh, and I ask a lot of questions. I'm, I'm, I've got a great relationship with the Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate, uh, Greg Treat, Charles McCall. We meet every Tuesday, and so I ask him a question. My Secretary of State, 
uh, is Michael Rogers, and he was four years in the house. He's out of uh, Broken Arrow. Uh, He's fantastic. So I have a group of these insiders, but then with my cabinet and my COO, I've got all these outsiders that are business people because most governors have never really focused on running the state and running the agencies. Uh, they always focus on the political side of it in the mm-hmm. capital. So I've got my political folks, but I have my agents, my uh, the folks running the agencies. And my whole key is when they figure out, hey, we got to do this different to deliver better results, and it flips over to my the other side of my house, which is the the political folks to go change the law, and to go and go tell Oklahomans here's what we need uh, to do to make to make a difference. So uh, I've got a, I've got the political folks, but I also have the business people. So has, has, has your family yet done one of those things or like one of the kids? Yeah, my dad, the governor. <laughs> Have you been name dropped by your own family yet? <laughs> oh, I think so. You know, uh, my parents really love it. You know, my dad introduces himself, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm famous now. It's what he always tells people. I'm the father of the governor. And so him and his buddies and when he when he goes into restaurants and people see his last name, they go, are you related to the governor? And and uh, dad says, uh uh, yeah, that's my son. And then people will take pictures with my dad and my mom, and they love it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's teenagers cool. are more likely to say, yeah, my dad, the governor. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, my, my kids, uh, the, the, you know, oh, we want to go to school out of state. We don't want anybody to know where the, you know, the, the governor's you know, So they're, 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 they're more uh, reluctant to talk about it. Now, my, my second grader, he did, just did a report at school uh, to be governor for the day. So he came to the Capitol with me, that's and cool. I'd signed a proclamation for him, and uh, he went to all my meetings, and so he did the little, wow. you know, picture. So he loved it. So the it's kind of different, but the teenagers could care less. Have they picked their place in the mansion yet? Have they said that's my room? That's my room? That's my room? Yes, they've all they've all put uh, dibs on the rooms, and and, <laughs> and the mansion's kind of small, so they'll probably be uh, sharing some sharing some rooms. Oh, last question: What's the biggest mistake you've made? Wow, uh, you know, uh, I, I just try to push myself, probably. Uh, um, gosh, what's the biggest mistake I've made? <laughs> I mean, any new job, somebody's, you know, you're going to, you're going to have missteps from time to time, even if it's just going to the wrong office. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. You ever started for work and driven to your, your business <laughs> instead, of the, instead of the mansion? I haven't, you know, I've got drivers now, which is cr- pretty oh, crazy. Right, right, right. Uh, they drive me back and forth to the Capitol. So that's good. Um, you know, probably maybe working maybe working too hard and and uh not not spending enough time with uh with my kids and so that's always as a as you know kind of a workaholic you always question you got to balance yeah. uh putting your family putting god first really god first then your family and then your work uh so maybe i probably pushed myself a little bit too hard um but but this first session was so important and at the end of the may then i'll have some uh some time off it'll get back to normal a little bit um but you know thank the lord we we haven't really knock on wood you know, made, made tons of mistakes yet on, uh, on that, but maybe being unprepared for some speeches when I went out, um, those kind of things. I think he was about to say coming for this interview. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 he was probably thinking that, uh, governor, thank you. Congratulations on a successful first 100 days and good luck in the future. Thank you so much. And thanks to Oklahomans for, for putting their, their faith and their confidence in me. And, uh, I'm working my tail off to, uh, deliver results for them. Oklahoma governor, Kevin Stitt. What do you think of the job he's done so far in this first 100 days? Hit the open mic button on your KRMG app and let us know. Governor Stitt is doing an excellent job. So glad he's in office. On another note, there is a bill number 988 that is waiting on his signature and would love to get that approved as it affects a lot of our employees. 
Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great day. Of course, retooling state government is definitely not a one-man job, so we also sat down with Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell to get his thoughts on the administration's first 100 days. KRMG goes in-depth. For that, we turn to KRMG's Russell Mills. He's a lifelong Tulsan who once traveled all over the country working as state liaison for the Republican National Committee. But Matt Pinnell wanted to come home. So he decided to run for office and in his very first race was elected lieutenant governor. Now travels the state instead. I asked him how he'd sum up the first hundred days. I would say accountability. Uh, one of the things that we've, the governor has instituted this this first 100 days that really is going to set the course for the next four years is accountability in state government. We, I come into my, my cabinet meetings every other week, and as a cabinet member, we're not sitting around just shooting the breeze. We, we have real metrics. What are our one-month goals? What are our two-month goals? What are our quarterly goals? What are our one-year goals? I was curious whether that approach of setting measurable goals and focusing on metrics has met with resistance at the Capitol. Uh, you know, there hasn't been as much pushback as, as, as uh, you would think. Uh, you, you have a lot of state government employees that were looking to be empowered, that were looking for opportunities for their voice to be heard, because certainly we're doing that too. We're, we're just a state employee. We're one of their coworkers. So we're going into these agencies asking them questions as well. And we're getting a lot of feedback but as far as what we can do inside of those agencies. They want their, they want uh, to, there to be accountability. Uh, they like the metrics-based approach. There's always going to be some pushback. Listen, state government's not like a business, but it certainly can be more business-like. And that's what we're trying to make sure that we implement inside of state government. He also tells me this administration's been inclusive. We're really operating and have those first 100 days in a very apolitical way. We're, we're talking to Republicans and Democrats alike, and, and we're trying to bring people together to fix some really tough, big problems in the state. Roads and bridges and health care uh, and, and criminal justice reform, uh, making us a top 10 state from an economic development perspective, those should be bipartisan issues. And so far they are. I mean, we're, there's going to be differences between political parties. It's not going to be all rainbows and unicorns down at the state capitol. We, we all know that. But we should be able to work together to move this state forward in a much better direction and to be a top 10 state in all the different areas that we want to be a top 10 state in. Now, the lieutenant governor is also president of the state senate. And in the Stitt administration, Matt Pinnell is also secretary of tourism and branding, a vital position. Tourism now the third largest industry in Oklahoma. So he's got a lot on his plate. But he tells me while it's been something of a blur, he'll look back with fond memories of the first hundred days. Russell Mills, News 1023 KRMG. Russell, thank you. What do you think of the job the governor and lieutenant governor have done in this first 100 days? Hit the open mic button on the KRMG app. We tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes, all day. Now, back to the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour on News 1023 KRMG. I, for one, am excited about the things happening in our state for a change. Things seem to actually be moving forward and it's nice to have a governor, lieutenant governor, and cabinet that actually seems accessible to the people and wants to be held accountable by the people. Real sense of optimism and excitement about this administration 100 days in. It's a KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour. I'm Dan Potter. It's 8.50. Rick Corey is with me. You spoke with our banker buddy, Sean Copeland, who's now the state's Secretary of Commerce about the first 100 days and remember these guys the commerce guys they well all the, uh, the ones that were appointed those are appointees they're serving at will and and not getting paid for this so he's a guy who's very high energy so is kevin stitt so i just started by asking what are you most impressed about so far 
Rick, I think the main thing that he has accomplished is he's just kind of changed the entire tenor of work up at the Capitol. I think what you have seen in this first hundred days is we've gone from legislature versus governor, cabinet secretary versus cabinet secretary, to everyone is really working together. And I think it's because he's not political. He's all about ideas and trying to do the best thing for the state of Oklahoma. And it's really uniting everyone around this common top 10 vision. It's kind of unique as you're getting a sense of teamwork, huh? We really are. I mean, it is it is really remarkable. Now, I'm new to government, but when I visit with people who have been up there many, many years and decades, you hear over and over and over that they've just never really seen this before. And I think it's not just because we've got some money to work with. And I think it's because everybody was brought into the planning process early. I think there's been very good communication from the get-go. He doesn't owe any big political favors to anyone, and so he's not really tethered to any position. He just tries to kind of take it problem by problem and focus on the solution. And so it is very refreshing, and, and it's real. It's not, ju- it's not just spin. It is really the way that we've been functioning. Of the things you've seen him accomplish so far, what's the most impressive, you think? What's the most meaningful for the state? There's no question in my mind the government accountability piece was the most important. That was his top priority. That was not easy because there were opponents to that. Nobody wanted to give one person too much power. Legislatively, they made these appointments to the boards that were kind of in charge of these five largest agencies. And so, you know, it took a lot of discussion and mediation and cooperation to make it work. And and so I think that is definitely his top priority so far. And of what you see on the table now, what is his biggest goal to get accomplished here in the next few months? His top five, you know, were, of course, government accountability, but education reform, health care reform, criminal justice reform, and obviously economic development is always going to be a big issue of his, and we're working on that every single day. Digital transformation is also a really big deal to him. He really wants to change the way... It, the, the governor, if you, if you think about it this way, the way he views the state is that we are a large service organization in his mind. That's what we are. We're, we're, we're a 32,000 employee service company that serves the citizens of Oklahoma. He's the CEO. All the cabinets are the division heads. And then our agencies are kind of like departments in his mind. And so he is just all about how are we going to make it easier for our citizens to access government services. And so that's kind of why the digital transformation deal is so important. And so all of these things are happening simultaneously. I mean, I'm in cabinet meetings every other week where I hear secretaries working on pushing every one of these forward. So, I mean, I think you could see movement in any one of these areas Oklahoma Commerce Secretary Sean Copeland speaking with Rick Corey. We continue to take your thoughts on the first 100 days of the Stitt administration via open mic on the KRMG app. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to it on demand on the app or at krmg.com. And uh, starting at 9, we'll have it up for you on YouTube. You can watch the interview with the governor there. And again, continue to leave us your open mics. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.